What's up, guys? Thank you for downloading this episode of the No Coast Softball Podcast. I am your host, Jake Long. Again, appreciate the download. Before we get into the recap of the 2019 Hall of Fame qualifier, let me show some love and have you support them as well. First and foremost, Custom Stitch Embroidery, CSE. They are Custom Stitch Embroidery on Facebook. Anything embroidered softball or otherwise, and they didn't do it, looks terrible, you overpaid, get a hold of them, they'll get it right. Did my hats for this week, and then I passed out to some folks who've supported the show. Want to let them know I appreciate it very much. Forrest and Angie, top-notch work as always, and look forward to doing more business with you. Next up, squadlocker.com. Nice enough to reach out to me and help me create some no-co softball podcast gear if you wanted to go check that out. Links at the top of the Facebook page. Again, squadlocker.com. All your professional, amateur, high school, college, sports teams, they got it all, guys. Go check them out. Last but certainly not least, nebslowpitch.com, Nebraska Slow Pitch on Facebook. My go-to source for information should be yours as well for all tournament listings, results, team profiles, links. They got it all. Go check them out. So getting into the 2019 Hall of Fame qualifier, first off, overall impression of the tournament. We're going to get into what everybody else wants to talk about towards the end, but I want to hit you with some general comments and overall views of the tournament. Overall, it was a great weekend of games. Clearly, I did not follow up on correct picks from last year, going two for three in both divisions, and were was more of a curse than a blessing picking games this year. But that's what's awesome about these big tournament guys. Anything can happen. Apparently, people really wanted to see me eat a hot dog. <laughs> Shout out to everyone for all your kind words, and hope you're enjoying those hot dog reviews. I'll keep them coming to you. And also, those who asked, I had five total on the weekend, and of course, mustard only. A few people also brought to my attention, how can it be an ENF division when there's no F national to award a berth to the highest finishing F team? Shouldn't it just be E? <laughs> well played, my friends, and actually, that is completely true. Wanted to compliment the umpiring crew overall. I personally didn't have many, if any, complaints on field. Thought they did a nice job and were consistent, which for me is all I can ask for. Games were on time, umpires were ready to go, and brackets were quickly updated. Some E-teams were upset that it was not widely advertised ahead of time that the loser bracket games were being held in another location, and not all games were at Fleming as in years past, so I hope that is a little bit more transparent going forward. People really seemed to enjoy and took advantage of the Berserk trailer to get their, some gear, some batting gloves, shirts, hats. I thought it was kind of cool to see them there, and it's something that hasn't been there in the past, and it was a nice option for everybody. I cannot thank you all enough for the kind words, great conversations, dialogue that we had over the weekend. I do this podcast for all of us in a real attempt to share information and to help bring us all together as a community in the game we all love, and cannot thank you again enough for the kind words and also constructive criticism, for sure. I am always trying to get better and be totally informed and everything helps, so please keep it up, guys. Always come up, say hey. I'm always happy to say hey back. I did pass out some hats, as mentioned before. There was a lot of interest, people wanting to know where they could get more. So shout out to you guys, CSE, Forrest, and Angie. Might be putting together another order for more soon, and I appreciate the support. And as always, guys, fantastic work. They are the best in the business for a reason. And speaking of CSE, shout out to my boy Poppy, who drank a lot of vodka but still hasn't paid me up on my vodka. He owes me. <laughs> but we'll get it all sorted out soon, my man. And... Uh, We'll be enjoying a victory goose and juice together. 
Some notes from each division getting into the tournament. Start with the C&D. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. Congrats go out to Frank's Aurora going back to back. Played great team softball, and few wondered if or when if it was going to come together and leave, live up to the preseason hype, and they delivered with this strong win. They keep playing that way, and Big Ty will be wingspan posing in a few more victory pictures this year. Next up, DBO. What a great statement they made with a runner-up finish in a very deep field. Played great defensively, whacked it all over the yard, and are definitely a team to watch going forward that will make a jump in my rankings for sure, and I believe the others as well. Very impressive. They will definitely figure into results towards the top of any tournament they enter this year, so be on the lookout for them. So congrats to Scotty and the guys on a strong performance, and always remember, hashtag blame Nori. Next up, Pioneer Auto. Glad to see them make the trip down, and the guys did not disappoint. Great team that played well together, picked up some quality wins over strong teams. I hope they enjoyed this tournament and are looking forward to seeing them and other Sioux City teams enter Nebraska tournaments and hope that we Nebraska teams return the favor in kind. Shout out again to Jeremiah Neiman for supporting me and supporting the No Coast Lid during the games. I very much appreciate the support, my man. Next up, Samurai Sams. Nothing to be disappointed in their performance. Three and two with two losses come to C teams. Two of the top four finishers. I mean, you can't win them all, guys, but uh, they're definitely still a top team to be dealt with in this division. Moving on to the E division, Mobile Text Alerts. Who saw that coming other than them? What an amazing run they put together. Played some great softball to earn a win in a very, very deep field. Are they an up-and-coming team or just got hot for a weekend? It'll be very interesting to see how they keep playing the rest of the season. Many people have asked me, so here's the opinion. With a win like that, they for sure should play E-State, but that's totally a choice they have a right to make, unless the powers that be decide otherwise. Wake and rake. What can be said that already hasn't? These guys always seem to play bigger and better when the stage is there, and this weekend was no exception. Congrats on the runner-up finish and well-played tournament overall. I fully expect them to keep up the momentum and figure in out at state. Apparently, fat guys actually do rake, so congrats to you guys also on a deep run in that E-bracket. Well-played, picking up some good wins over strong teams to finish out in third place. Hope to all see hope to see you all more as well and also last but certainly not least a shout out to my boys e keto and blakey and the rest of gunslingers who made a solid sunday run and just came up a bit short they're starting to come on strong guys so be on the lookout for them and will definitely be a strong presence at state as well now for some fun luke and i did the take it or leave it in the preview show so here's a few stats from that those picks in the c and d division we both correctly took a C team to go two and Q. Luke correctly predicted a C team would win. I was incorrect and thought a D team would win. We were both incorrect. There was no if game in the C and D final. Luke was correcting correct in taking one team in the C and D final that was from west of York, which again I designated Frank's Aurora considered west. We were both incorrect picking heroes, Sams, or fanatics to win and not the field. We were both incorrect, you'll, get, you'll hear that a lot, in picking Heroes, Sam's, Fanatics all to finish better than one and two. One of them did not. 
I was correct in saying Pioneer Auto would finish top five. Shout out Jeremiah and the boys. Thank you again for that. Luke said they would not. The C&D MVP was Matt Maloof, pitcher for Franks Aurora. First off, congrats, Matt, on the MVP. Luke was correct in picking an infielder for the MVP. I had picked an outfielder. D-team playing by D-rules. Luke took that option where I has said that the teams would be playing the C version with the five runs and the four home runs. I think from what I noticed and even my own team, we did utilize that five run spot and the C rules. Luke was correct in picking his upset Ross over Carmichael's. I was also correct in picking mine DBO over Fanatics. We both missed on our trifecta boxes picking the winner. <laughs> no shock. All right, on to the ENF side. We both correctly predicted overs on DBOs in the E final. It was reported to me that there were five total hit, and the number we had was three and a half, so we both took overs. We were both incorrect that there was no if game in the E final. We both correctly picked the field when choosing a winner outside of the top five ranked favorites. We were both incorrect in assuming the top five favorites would do no one of the top five favorites would do no better than one and two. From what I could tell, everyone was at least two and two, so great job on that, guys. We are both correct, none of them two and queued. We were both correct in taking a Lincoln or Omaha to team to win E. Shout out again to Mobile Text Alerts. MVP on that team, Mobile Text Alerts, was Nate Roden, an infielder. Luke was incorrect and took an outfielder. I was correct and had an infielder. Luke so far is correct in picking someone will not sweep Hall of Fame in state. I had actually said Heroes was going to do so, so I am incorrect. Luke was correct in picking Lincoln Monster in an upset over Gunslingers. I was incorrect in picking Elite Squad to beat Wake and Rake. And again, we both missed the trifecta box in E badly. All right, let's get into what I think everybody wants to uh, hear about and talk about. Before getting into what I call roster gate, I want to say that I don't think this ruined a great weekend of ball overall at all. I do think it definitely created a cloud over the event, which I hope is corrected and is not an issue for anyone going forward. First and very foremost, to all these people commenting and saying that a team is weak for filing a protest or it's Bush League are completely clueless. It's one of the few rights we have within the game, and if someone wants to exercise those to ensure they're receiving a fair outcome, I applaud anyone who does. We all don't have to like or agree, but with respect that people are trying to just ensure that there is fairness for all sides. Anyone who also feels that there was collusion to favor the protesting team, which was made up of some players on the tournament director's former team, trust me, that could not be further from the truth. If you believe the player mentioned or the team he was on were doing things that were not on the up and up or that the team protesting was doing anything underhanded to try and cheaply earn a win, I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. Hit stop right now, never download this show again, and unfollow all of the page and social media having to do with this show. You are an idiot. Those who say and commented that they don't care, they wouldn't have protested, one player doesn't make it up, we'll play anyone anytime. Okay, then don't take the equalizer, play any team of a higher classification straight up by their rules. Makes sense, right? Okay, good, you see the double standard you're creating too. 
And frankly, most but not all of those who made comments in that manner will never be in a position to do so anyway, so you're definitely more of the problem than the solution. Now getting into the specifics of the event itself. The protest itself was filed before the game started. What should have happened was, the moment the word protest was used, game stops, everything stops, and it's sorted out. There was no reason to play a complete inning and then address it. Now everything was stopped. They went to the address the protest. The UIC did a fine job of communication with the team protesting and clarifying the nature of the protest, which was team classification and not player eligibility. They were only asking for the roster to be reviewed to ensure that they did not have to give the five-run spot and wanted to rather play a straight-up C game with a coin flip and flat C game rules. Then the tournament director got involved, as he rightfully should have been. He contacted the district commissioner for the affected player to see if the protest had been approved. Or, I'm sorry, his roster reclassification had been approved, which at that time it had not. So the protest is upheld. Game is now being played going forward under C rules for both teams. There is a reflip. The protesting team goes from home to visitor, and the score stands at the time the game was stopped. After a 20-minute-plus delay, the team that lodged the protest goes on to win the game. The protested team is eliminated, and the tournament carries on. So what do I think should have happened? Again, as stated before, the protest should have been addressed and sorted out immediately when the word protest was used. It is a magic word in softball, especially in a sanctioned event such as this. The UIC's involvement was absolutely correct and proper in clarifying the nature of the appeal, which he did. Where others and I feel he went wrong was reflipping and letting one inning stand. The game should have been restarted from scratch 0-0 based on the ruling of the protest. Especially the fact the outcome of the coin flip changed home and visitors. Other than a flip-flop rule being in place, this should never happen in a pending game, in my opinion. The protest itself should have never been upheld. The player had already vetted his eligibility with the tournament director. Another team had questioned the eligibility of that said player with the tournament director and received the same answer as the player did from the tournament director. In this case, I think he should have upheld his previous decision on two occasions and not honored the protest based on that. He is well within his rights to do so as a tournament director, and I wish he would have stuck to his guns. The 20-minute-plus delay should have been no more than five, and the game goes on with the five-run spot standing. Protesting team, as I said, went on to win the game, but there is a case definitely to be made for the delay killing momentum potentially having an effect of the game overall yeah i know guys everyone's saying jake name names who's who what's what to me that's already out there and it's irrelevant the larger issue is correcting issues like this going forward i know steps were made to attempt to correct what people feel was unjust and I just want to compliment everyone who is involved directly. Agree or disagree on the outcome or how it was resolved, everyone handled it with maturity and class, which is the example to be taken out of all of this. In my opinion, this could have all been avoided by policies and procedures being properly handled and executed, proper people being on site, being available, 
and helping resolve this in a timely and an official manner. I really, guys, this tournament to me is absolutely a sanctioned event, and I think it needs to be personally handled basically in the same manner as the state, whether it's rosters, whether it's two umpire systems, as people mentioned, all of that. It, it just really has to go by the letter of the law going forward and hopefully avoid conflicts like this in the future. Now, overall, as I shared on the page, Nebraska definitely needs to adopt a more clear form of access to their information and keep it current. The notion of it would take too much time to maintain is absolutely positively lazy. This is exactly what a web administrator's job is, and the so-called effort that they would put in would resolve and clarify many other issues besides this one. It is absolutely our job as organizers, players, and teams at all levels, sanctions, men's, women's, co-ed, what have you, of softball to properly get registered, know your own player classifications. But the only way we can do that and stay current on it is if the information is properly compiled, kept up, and we are allowed access to do so. Overall, though, guys, on the Hall of Fame, what a fun weekend with some great games, upsets, sleeper teams taking steps to make names for themselves. I'm really looking forward to seeing how 2019 shakes out. Again, want to give a shout-out and congratulations to Frank's Aurora winning the C&D and also Mobile Text Alerts winning the, well, what they call ENF. And again, guys, great wins. Can't say enough about it. It was just the best tournament in the area of the year, and everyone stepped up their game, so proud of everyone. It's going to wrap it up for this episode. Again, cannot thank you all for the kind words, great conversations. I'm looking forward to more as we go forward. And always remember, guys, no coast is the best coast. Look forward to your feedback. Please feel free to comment. I'm going to get the show posted up. But if you want to reach out to me, here's the social media. Again, No Coast Softball Podcast on Facebook, at No Coast Softball on Twitter. You can also email the show with any questions, comments, hate mail, chili recipes, why I shouldn't only have mustard on a hot dog, whatever. No Coast Softball at gmail.com. Thank you again all, and I am out. <laughs>